Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Listeners, Kevin, this is our podcast where we share step-by-step how to create demand. It's all about demand, Jen. We're showing you step-by-step using our 5Bs framework. We are deep into season five, and we are actually talking about how you can use neuroscience or behavioral science to gently nudge your dream customers in the right direction. Today, we're going to be talking about the principle of liking and how you, my dear marketers, can use that to your advantage to get more from your marketing today. Now, what do we mean by liking? How we're more likely to say yes to someone that we like. It turns out that marketers can use that to their advantage, and it's not just for big brands. You can work this into your strategy too. We're also going to talk about the principle of authority. Now, we're going to get into this deeply and show you how you can use it. But, you know, when you see toothpaste ads with the dentist endorsing it, that's using authority to manipulate you. Kev, I'm excited for today. I'm also excited, George. And it's another great episode where we're talking about what we've headline-grabbingly called mind tricks. But definitely another reminder to everyone listening that We're not really talking about mind tricks in the way that it sounds. We're talking about principles that will help make our marketing better to help us better deliver the helpful value that we're trying to deliver out there through our helpful content and what have you, but just finding better ways to deliver it, faster ways to deliver it so that we can get value to our dream customers quicker as you hopefully are trying to do as well. And a quick reminder to our listeners, particularly those that have recently joined us, We're talking in this podcast about our 5Bs framework, which is all about, as George said, demand generation and very much how you can use it 
for B2B marketing and setting up your B2B marketing. And the parts of that framework are be ready, be helpful, be seen, and be better. And this season, we're talking about be the best. If you are not familiar with any of those concepts, we encourage you to go back through our backlog of podcasts right back to the first episodes and start listening from the beginning. We designed it in a way that it should be listened to in a linear fashion to really help you build everything you need for your B2B marketing and demand generation engine. This season, as George said, we're talking about be the best and that's why we're talking about these further areas of study, in particular mind tricks in this episode of liking and authority, which sit very well within be the best as principles to help you stay the forefront of your industry and the forefront in your B2B marketing. And listeners, look, don't mistake the principles that we're discussing this episode, the episode before, and I think the next one too, Kev, don't mistake it as mere fluff. It's not the principles of liking and authority. They're actually backed by years of psychological research and they play a pivotal role in our everyday decision-making. It's a bit of a secret weapon, Kev, behind why people say yes to certain requests and no to others. So listeners, make sure you tune into this one because there'll definitely be something actionable you can take from it and put straight into your marketing. Well, George, to set the scene again, last week we were discussing in that first week these principles of influence, these principles of neuroscience marketing, and we take a lot of inspiration from Robert Caldini's book, Influence. So a lot of you marketers might have heard of that one, but hopefully we can summarize some of the key principles that we drew from that book to help you influence your dream customers to make decisions that you want as well by using some of these psychological levers. And the first one that we're talking about today is liking. So let's kick into an introduction of that principle. Okay, Kev, look, we humans, we're all social creatures, some of us more than others, obviously, Kevin, and we are influenced by others' actions and emotions. So think about the last time you saw someone laugh uncontrollably. I'm sure it made you smile. If not, join them in laughing. The same goes for liking. When we like someone, our barriers, our guard, it drops. We're more likely to trust them and more inclined to agree with what they propose. Now, this principle was clearly showcased in this experiment that's called the telephone fundraising experiment. Caldini discusses it in Influence, and in this experiment, fundraisers were asked to solicit donations over the phone. Now, some were instructed to find something in common with the individual on the other end of the phone before pitching for a donation. And remarkably, these fundraisers received twice the number of donations as their counterparts who jumped straight into the pitch. If you can find some kind of commonality with them, the effect of liking really comes into play. People were more willing to part with their money if they felt some kind of a connection to the fundraiser. That makes a lot of sense. We are all social beings at the end of the day. And if we're seeing ourselves within someone else, we're more likely to trust them and more likely to go along with what they're saying. Let's have a look at an example of this principle in practice. It's not just laboratory experiments that really support this power of the liking principle. There are a lot of world scenarios that show an abundance of evidence for this principle as well. If we just look at celebrity endorsements, for example, they're really a marketing staple these days. I think according to a 2020 report by Statista, the global market for celebrity endorsements is something around the $10 billion mark. That is absolutely huge. And that really just underlies the power and reach of these celebrity campaigns and endorsements, which are really centered around this idea and principle of liking. 
So what makes these celebrity endorsements work so well? Celebrities have legions of fans, a lot of people who admire and adore them and feel personal connection with them, with the things that they stand for and work for and have done in their professional careers. And so when these celebrities endorse a product, their fans are significantly more likely to buy them. They make that association psychologically that a trusted friend in the celebrity is recommending the product and that makes it much more attractive. Yeah, I think probably an even more um, modern, more relevant example than the 2020 data we gave Kev was Ryan Reynolds. That guy is knocking this out of the park. I saw he bought into Mint Mobile and then he went and just threw himself into their advertising. He ran hilarious ads that featured him and his huge profile, boosted the business massively, and then he turned it around and sold it to T-Mobile for over a billion dollars. So Ryan Reynolds made bank using this principle yeah he's a definitely a great example and he's done this with a lot of different things he's brought a lot of his personal wealth and brand loyalty to the football club he invested in Wrexham in the UK in Wales he's done that with various different things aviation gin he's got I think a marketing agency as well in fact so Ryan Reynolds really leaning into it and as he said on his own personal profile he's now a part-time actor and a full-time business person. I think that's quite accurate. And that just shows you how much power celebrity endorsements and that principle of liking really has. He's a funny guy. He's a likable guy. And he's really using that to full advantage. All right, Kev, let's talk about how our marketers can actually use this in practice. We don't have to use celebrity endorsements, but actually quite a powerful way to use the liking principle is to show that you're similar to your customers and that you understand them. A great saying is that books are designed to make their ideas understood, but amazing copy should make the person reading it feel understood themselves. It should reflect their pains, their anxieties, their world, show that and understand it, show that you share their values and passions and experience. Of course, you can do this through your own storytelling. That's why Kevin and I share our own experiences and stories because we've experienced so many things that you and marketers have been through yourselves. And so it's important for us to share those stories to show that, hey, like we're not full of crap. Like we actually get it because we have been there ourselves. We've been through those hard times. We felt your pain, but we've come out on the other side of it. So we are well equipped to be your guide. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, It's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. And that's why we harp on so much about that be ready stage, about really going back and understanding your dream customers, having those conversations with them, because not only will you deeply understand them, you start to learn the language, you start to learn the pain points, and you start to be able to do this activity of reflecting their language, reflecting 
their shared experiences within your copy, within your advertisements, within your communications with your dream customers. And every time you engage with them, you're showing that you're likable, you know what they're talking about, and you're on the same page and you feel their pain. And that will really help them get in to your corner, start to listen to what you're actually saying, actively listening rather than passively listening so that you can start to deliver value to a much more engaged audience. Kev, we're currently processing applications for our demand gen program, the B2B Incubator. And as part of that, we like to have a call with those people who have applied to make sure that it's the right fit for them. And it is so gratifying that most of them tell me that as they went through our landing page for the B2B Incubator, they said it was like we were in their head. And that's what so many of them say. They're like, you are dealing with exactly what is in my head and what I need solved. And look, that's not a coincidence. It's because we've been there and also because we try and stay as close to our dream customers as possible. It's because we talk to them all the time so we can understand what they're going for, which means that we can offer real practical solutions to their problems. And there's no reason, listeners, why you can't go and do the same. A couple more statistical points to really drive home the value of the liking principle. Studies have always shown that storytelling is a very powerful tool in business. A bit of an older one now, but a 2019 survey by Headstream showed that 55% of consumers are more likely to buy a product in the future if they really love the brand story. Now, we talk a lot about the brand story in this show, we talk about it right at the beginning and be ready. How important it is to communicate your value and your brand through a brand story. Sharing those relatable stories can really help foster that stronger connection between you and your customers. And also we talked about using micro-influencers. So people like the Dream 100 or people associated with the Dream 100 who already have your audience's attention and their admiration, have them on your webinar, have them in your event, interview them, like we've done and really leverage the fact that your audience already likes them and you can tap into that and understand a bit of that and try and emulate that for yourself as well as you go through it. But remember that authenticity is key here. You want to be helpful. You can't please everyone, but you want to be as genuine, as relatable as possible. You want to deeply connect with your target audience and really service them by delivering value that is on point, that is in their language. And that's the real magic of liking. It's not just about creating a positive image, about finding the next hot celebrity to try and endorse your product. It's about establishing genuine relationships of trust and fostering that relationship over time. And that really is the true bedrock of a lot of successful businesses. It's building that strong brand story, their brand around that story, building those relationships of trust and delivering value over time consistently. I think that's why it's so important in the B2B context for people to really identify their dream 100, other people that influence your dream customer's decisions. Who is it that they're already working with? Who are they following? Who are their sources of information? And trying to partner up with them. They're not going to be big celebrities, but they're people that your buyers already trust. So you can leverage their relationship with them to get introduced to your brand. And if they like them, then there's a good chance that they're going to like you too. You know, if you act as a friend to that person and if you have something to genuinely offer their audience. Well, now onto the principle of authority. And in simple terms, it's the idea that we're more inclined to follow directions and suggestions offered by a figure that we view as knowledgeable or an expert in a particular area. 
Again, one that we lean heavily on in the framework, we tell you to become an expert in your area to build that position as an expert in your industry. And this is one of the principles of why we really harp on about that. Ever wonder why all those advertisements for toothpaste brands have dentists saying how effective they are? That's the authority principle at work. Okay, Kev, to get into this principle a little bit more, it really operates on our predisposition as humans to trust and follow those that we perceive as experts or authorities. Now, this predisposition, Kev, is so deeply ingrained in our psychology. After all, if someone has in-depth knowledge or experience in a particular area, surely taking their advice only seems logical, right? This principle was beautifully illustrated by Caldini in his book with reference to the Milgram experiment. It's quite well known. I think Netflix actually made a series about it. But for those who don't know, the experiment's design got participants who were willing to administer what they thought were painful electric shocks to other people just because an authoritative figure, being a scientist in a lab coat, told them to do. It proves how we readily conform to instructions when we perceive the person giving them as an authority. So to get further into this experiment that was conducted in the 60s, Kev, participants were asked to administer electric shocks to a learner every time they answered a question incorrectly. The shocks were not real, but the participants did not know this. Now, despite hearing the supposed learner's pain cries and protests, shockingly, 65% of participants continued to administer the shocks simply because a researcher in a lab coat, being the authoritative figure, asked them to. Now, this experiment shows just how far people are willing to go when under the influence of perceived authority. That certainly is a bit of a scary uh, experiment, George, and one that it really does illustrate that principle, but in possibly a negative light. And there's a lot of variations on that experiment over time that really goes into other uh, aspects of the human psyche, but we won't get into those. Safe to say that the authority principle certainly is tried and true and tested. It's certainly not just a laboratory phenomenon either. It really has real-world implications, particularly in our space in the marketing industry. As we covered, there's often advertisements featuring experts like doctors endorsing health products or celebrity chefs recommending particular types of kitchenware and things like that. We've all seen those. These endorsements obviously wield a significant amount of power over consumers. And I think in a 2021 report by Business Wire, the endorsement marketing industry was valued at something like 20 billion, so even greater than the celebrity endorsement market, which I'm sure that falls in part into. And that's really just one astronomical figure to underline just how much we as consumers are swayed by the seal of approval from these authoritative figures or what we perceive as authoritative figures. And we can see this done in tons of industries, right, Kev? Big examples that everyone knows about that are no-brainers are the partnership between Michael Jordan and Nike, right? Jordan's endorsement of the Air Jordan line hugely boosted Nike's sales and really solidified its place as a leading sports brand. Again, Kevin, another great documentary that's recently been made. These behavioral experiments, or I guess this analysis of behaviors and all this kind of stuff really leads to great TV. Yeah. 
Actually, George, I think is a movie with Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, all those. But as you said, Netflix is really honing in on all these mind tricks that we're talking about. It seems that they're putting out a show for each of these principles in turn. Another couple of examples that come to mind, Jamie Oliver with the endorsement of T4 Pans, obviously a famous chef endorsement, adds a lot of credibility to the brand. And that results in a lot of increase in sales and brand awareness. Just anecdotally, I know going through kitchenware shops, TV pans are always seem to be out of stock and they're actually priced a lot higher than an equivalent pan without that endorsement. So that really just shows the power of those endorsements at play and that principle of authority. And something of more personal interest to us, we love the Tim Ferriss podcast and his endorsements of things like Athletic Greens or for myself, Eight Sleep, even Aura Ring. These brands are stuff that we already know. I have an Aura Ring purely because he's endorsed it and I had to give it a go. I think Eight Sleep is on the list of things that I want to try, but it's just ridiculously expensive, maybe one day. (laughs) And I haven't really gotten to the personal supplement space yet, but I'm sure Tim Ferriss will work his magic and will eventually get there. But that, again, listeners, just shows you how much power these authority endorsements and seals of approval really have on our psyche and on our purchase decisions. Oh, I want the eight sleep so bad, Kevin. It is also (laughs) in the too expensive to purchase list for me. For me, it's a one day thing. I feel like the day that I've really made it, that's when I will buy eight sleep. For those who don't know, it's a mattress that both sides can heat up and cool down based on the perfect body temperature that your body needs to keep you in a deep sleep. And look, the reason that we trust him is he's the ultimate tester, body hacker. I know that this guy just spends his life trying to optimize things like his sleep. So I'm not even going to bother going and looking at other solutions out there because if Tim recommends it and he swears by it, hell yeah, I'm going to listen to Tim and buy it when I can afford it. I think a timely reminder here is to say that Just like applying the other principles of neuroscience, authority, when it's applied correctly, is really powerful, and that's what we encourage you to do. Why we trust Tim so much as an authority figure, it's because he added so much value through his podcast to our lives, to different parts of our lives, the way of thinking, the interviews he's done. He's added a lot of value, and that's built a relationship of trust, and that's what we're encouraging you to do. Offer that value up front. And then that endorsement, that authority figure is naturally established. He's established as an expert and now we trust him. Okay, so there's a few ways we've already shown you that you can integrate this into your marketing. I guess one is by associating with influencers in your industry and leveraging their authority. Again, you should really establish your brand as an authority in your own field. You can do that by sharing content that is truly written by subject matter experts, not just by the marketing department, but by subject matter experts that have real in-depth knowledge. They provide tons of value or insights. We said that you can try and secure endorsements from industry experts. It's exactly what we try and do here again on the B2B Playbook, Kev. We share our knowledge consistently, but we also have on the podcast other super experienced marketers that are going to add to our knowledge. So then you also associate their experience with our brand. And vice versa, right? We also want to give those who have this, who feel that sense of trust within our content, within our brand, we want to give that to those experts coming on our show as well. 
And you can also take inspiration from the Milgram experiment as well, at least the good part. It's important to look the part and you want to look like an authoritative person when you do your content. If you're doing a content series featuring someone with a PhD, shoot it with books in the background, add some gravitas to the situation. If it's medical, get them to throw on a lab coat. And as B2B marketers, we're constantly trying to at least put a collar on so people will take us a little bit more seriously as marketers. But at the same time, do things in your surrounding, in your setting to show that you are the authority figure in more ways than one and subtly as well. Yeah, today I forgot my collar, Kevin, but I'm wearing a brand new shirt. But I've got the books behind me, right? I've got the books, <laughs> I've got the B2B Playbook logo, shows I'm well-read. Yeah, so at least I've got that going for me. You don't have the books behind you, so you got to wear a collar. A that's collar it, on. that's it. Between us, we get there. Hopefully, we have been able to show our authority in our visuals as well. And I think platforms like Skillshare and things like that really show that as well. The presenters are generally well-dressed and really show off their expertise when they present the material. So keep that in mind, listeners. All right, key takeaways for this episode. First is the principle of liking. That really is going to be a secret weapon. Basically, we tend to favor folks who are a bit like us or who we feel connected to. So as marketers, we should try and tap into this when we try and deliver value. How? Tell genuine stories. So build those brand stories, communicate your brand and pain points and the value that you add through those genuine brand stories that you've built and show off your shared values and just be yourself. At the end of the day, your dream customers will be attracted to your authenticity. Start to like that, not something that looks fake. Celebrity endorsements and captivating brand stories are proof that this stuff works, but we hope that you really go for a stream of that that is based around being helpful and being authentic. The second principle that we talked about today was that of authority. So that is basically that people tend to trust the expert. We all have that tendency to follow advice from those that we see as knowledgeable. So why not use that in marketing as well? Become the go-to expert, share some eye-opening insights, deliver value, and also potentially get that thumbs up from folks who are already known as authorities in your field. And trust me, that will rub off. It's not just theory. That effect of expert endorsements on sales is really huge, as I'm sure we've all seen. Beautiful. Thank you, Kevin. Okay, listeners, you can find links to everything that we discussed in the show notes. Next week, we're going to keep going with this. We're going to be looking at a few more principles that you can use, a few more mind tricks, as our clickbaity title will say, but no, a few more ways you can leverage behavioral science to nudge your dream customers in the right direction. Now, Kevin and I are so grateful that every week more and more marketers tune in every Monday to the B2B Playbook. And if we can ask one thing, it would be to please pass the show on to someone who you think would get value from it. Also, check us out on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment. It's a huge help to us and we'd really appreciate it. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, listeners. Take care and catch you next week. Thank you, George. Thank you, listeners. Catch you all next week. A quick note before you go, listeners, you can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.